You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if he told it. Mm-hmm. Hello. Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. Hello. Hi, Welcome to this, this is the movie show. Awesome podcast on Active mm-hmm. FM. Mm-hmm. With your hosts. Yeah. Session run. Of mm-hmm. course. And you guys yeah. are up for a solo movie. Yes. <laughs> wow, Ryan. Nice, nice bringing the title of the movie into the intro of our show. Yes, making it big. <laughs> up front. So today we're reviewing a film that is titled The Soloist. And it actually is a 2009 film, so it is quite a while ago. And I don't know how many people know about this film. I only knew of it because I think of the director and then also the two main actors in it are quite, they're quite main actors. So, but I don't know. Like, Ryan, did you ever see this film, hear about this film? How did you come across with, with the director? As in, you found the movie because of the director? Yeah, so the director of this film is Joe Wright, and he directed Pride and Prejudice. He also directed Darkest Hour, which was a very good film. We uh, did a review on it. Um, it was the one with Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know that film? Yes. yes. So he did. He directed. He's directed a lot of other films, like uh, I haven't watched. So the Woman in the Window, I haven't watched. That's a 2021 film. He directed Hannah, which was 2011, which has Saoirse Ronan in it. And then there's a 2019 film called Swallow. That film looks very weird. This chick has the urge to swallow anything and everything. What? Like literally. <laughs> That's what the movie's about. A chick that likes swallowing things because she likes how it feels on her tongue and down her esophagus okay someone right? someone is supposed to be a chef i think huh? uh no she swallows not it's non-food items it's like keys and i'm sure the ones in uh, wow. i haven't watched the movie i watched the trailer because i saw he directed it so i was like oh okay and the main actress it's not jennifer lawrence but it looks this actress looks exactly like jennifer lawrence but it's not her but she, so I was interested, but I never watched it because I just thought it looked whack. Okay. Well, yeah, um, yeah maybe coming up, eh? <laughs> maybe a <few laughs> Yeah. So that's how I found this film. And I didn't expect it to be what it was. I must be honest. I didn't expect, I didn't, okay, I didn't really have any expectation going in because I didn't watch the trailer and I didn't search the storyline. I saw that the two main actors is Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx. So I thought that's that looks like a, a good film to watch. Yeah. And then that was the reason I watched it. So I, I kind of didn't expect anything going into it. I didn't know what, what it was about or anything. I sort of knew it had something to do with music because, I mean, soloist, generally that's a musical term when someone does a solo, for example. So I thought thought there is something with music involved, but I didn't know. And yeah, watched it and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I must be honest. It's it's a different film. I've never watched anything like it before, even for a Joe Wright film. It didn't feel like Darkest Hour and it didn't feel like Pride and Prejudice. 
it had a completely new and fresh feel to it. So I thoroughly, I, I really, really enjoyed this film. It was, it was a good film. So in other words, a, a, a good tip on finding a good movie, because usually when I, when I try and look for a movie, I'm like looking in my whatever show max app and I'm scrolling across and you sit there like, no, no. And the problem is that obviously you look at the, the, the movie, you judge the book by the by its cover. By, exactly, yeah. But by now, the title and the poster. Yeah, yeah. You just like ah, that doesn't look good. Ah, that doesn't look good. And then I think to myself, I'm like, but wait, but most movies that I watch and I enjoy, the covers don't look good. So how how the heck do I find a good movie? And obviously, we now have a good tip right there. Search by actor or director. So if, if you're in the yeah. mood for a good Robbie Downey Jr., just search for all the movies. And I, I think that's a very good tip. Wow. Right. Sometimes it doesn't go right. So, for example, my family and I did a Pirates of the Caribbean marathon. So we watched all five of them, thoroughly enjoyed all five of them. And then I was wondering, because personally, I haven't seen Johnny Depp in a movie in a while. So I thought, has he been acting? Has he not been acting? So I went and searched and there was a 2019 or 18 film that he was in. I think it was 2019 called The Professor. So we watched it. It we didn't even finish it. We actually we stopped watching it. We, the whole movie's about this guy. He's a professor, and he gets told that he has cancer, and he basically has six months to live. So now he goes on this crazy. I don't even know what to call it because he's dying. So he Maybe just starts. Yeah. No, he's not even living his life. He starts taking drugs. Him and his wife are both having affairs, and they're both okay with it. One of his male students comes and gives him space cookies. And this is where we stopped watching the film. The male student says to him that he's gay. And he asks the professor, Johnny Depp, if he'd like to, you know, try out things with him. And that's where we just you know, oh, stopped. So no. sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time it does work. Right. You just have to, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, yeah, uh, for viewing with um, with family, uh, I mean, I can just imagine you know, having the kids all around and next minute something breaks out and you're like, okay, well, oh! <laughs> but <laughs> another good tip is on IMDB, they have what's called parents guide. So literally what you do is you just search the movie and you search parents guide, look for IMDB and it will literally tell you the nudity, the violence, the swearing. And yeah. if there's any like gory, you know, like, like blood and stuff like that. So they'll tell you that they tell you exactly what is in the film. And then from there, you can decide, do you want to watch it or do you not want to watch it? And they, they do tell you that they don't leave stuff out. So for example, yeah. even with Burn, I didn't watch Burn for a while because when I searched on IMDb, they actually said that there was a gay kiss in it. And I was like, who wants to watch a movie with a gay kiss in it? But the trailer looked good and all of that. Eventually we were like, okay, let's watch it. And obviously we were wary of the the kiss. So we, we knew it was coming type of thing. And then, yeah. So even like small details like that, they'll tell you. And then from there, you can then make the decision is it worth watching or is it not? We didn't do that with the professor. We probably should have because we yeah. probably wouldn't have even well, started it. For everyone, <laughs> the movie was good. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I must say, um, I must give a, a, a big ups to, what's it? I am DB. Yes. Uh, they even tell you how many times a word is used. So they'll say there's 57 uses of this word. There's three times you see this and there is one time where this happens and you're like, wow, yeah. somebody, somebody's like, that's their day job, you know, working for that site. They watch movies all day and they have a piece of paper there and they write down. <laughs> one, yeah. two, wait, was that? I've, 
Shame, yeah. That's when you hope they don't swear a lot because then right. you don't have to write down. They said the F word 50 times. 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, 14, 15. Wait, was that 15 or 16? <laughs> Go back. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So, this film is a musical drama, but it's not a musical in the sense of they're mm. singing and stuff. There's no singing in the film. No breaks, no. musical, yes. <laughs> it's a musical because Jamie Foxx's character plays the cello and the violin, and there are other, there's an orchestra in the film that plays at one point, so that's why it's classified as a musical. The whole story is a, It's the, this is the synopsis of the film. A journalist befriends a homeless, mentally ill street musician who possesses extraordinary talent. Inspired by his life story, he writes an acclaimed series of articles. Now, this film, and I didn't know this until the end of the movie, it's a true story. So this is a this actually happened. It's a true story. They say, however, it is sugar-coated. So they there are fictional aspects to the film. It's not that everything happened, you know, perfectly according to reality. They did sugarcoat it. And then they say, to its credit, the soloist is a far cry from the traditional movie portrayal portrayal of schizophrenics as murderous people with split personalities. Mr. Ayers, who's played by Jamie Foxx, is a gifted music student at the Juilliard School when he falls ill. So the whole film is about a student that went to Juilliard. His name is Mr. Ayers, and he has he battles with schizophrenic schizophrenia and ends up a homeless man, but he's got this amazing musical talent. And I actually searched when I was doing research, I found the actual uh, Steve Lopez. That's the character that Robert Downey Jr. plays. And then Nathaniel Ayers, who Jamie Foxx plays. And they actually show you footage of the actual Nathaniel Ayers playing. The one that I watched was the cello. I saw him play the cello. And he is brilliant. He is so amazing. Yeah, he has like a natural talent for music. It's 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 amazing. It really it is. is. It's actually quite cool. Yeah, wow. I know that um, they say often what happens because I, I mean I mean you guys can actually go into YouTube right now. That that's right and actually search uh, Nathaniel is and um, the the cool thing is that uh, when I started watching him play, um, at first you like uh, okay, but then like they say that uh, when you you'll like start off and you'll, you know, you'll be in his like uh, schizophrenic like uh, mode, but then like you just give it a couple of seconds and like apparently he comes out of it and he starts playing like beautifully because one yeah. of the things that, that they say is that um, it was for him uh, like a, a way out of that, that chaos, that schizophrenic mind, uh, you know, the, yes. the, 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 the like split personality where you could, you know, a place where you could sit and like focus, um, you know, playing music and enjoying it and that. So, yeah, pr- pretty amazing, actually. No, he is amazing. So just to give you info, Nathaniel Ayers, he was born on the 31st of January, 1951. He is 70 years old and he is still yep. alive. He yep. lives in Cle- Cleveland, um, Ohio in the United States. And the instruments that he plays is the double bass, which is that really big big violin if I could put it like that so you have the cello and then you have the one that's bigger that's the double bass he plays double bass violin cello drums and piano and he apparently taught himself all of these instruments which is crazy do you know how hard it is to play any form of violin cello or double bass it is 
it is so difficult. It is, they're, they're, I think they're one of the most hard, or yeah, hardest instruments to play just mm. because, so like on a guitar or on a piano, you can see the notes because obviously the piano has keys and the guitar has uh, frets. So you can see, you can see where you are on the instrument. Whereas with cello, violin and double bass and viola, you don't have the frets, which means you have to memorize Exactly the position the of that note on it's that's it's crazy it's yeah, like it's huh. so he is really yeah he's awesome also interestingly enough jamie fox who plays nathaniel is he already was classically trained on piano so but, he was a he was trained on piano before this film but he learned to play the cello for the film so all the scenes where he's playing, it's not, you know how sometimes in movies they have the, the <laughs> stunt musician. So you have the actor's face, but then their fingers and they often don't show the two shots or they don't show a long shot of the person playing because it's generally not the actor playing the, the instruments. This film, Jamie Foxx played the cello. Yeah, that's cool, eh? Right? It is very cool. And then also, so... I was watching a interview with the actual Steve Lopez and Nathaniel Ayres. And one of the places that Nathaniel Ayres loves going is the, there's a theater. It's a Disney owned theater in, I think it is in LA. Yeah. And they, they would, he loves going there because there is an orchestra there that plays and the conductor knows him very well. And also there's, there's musicians there. I don't know. This was a couple, I mean, this was two, we're talking 2009 round about that stage. Obviously we're now sitting about 10 years later. So yeah. I don't know the current state of, you know, what's happening, but at that time there was this brilliant violinist who's a virtuoso that he was, Oh my word, that guy could play the violin and he would give Nathaniel Ayres lessons. And then also there was a pianist. So basically the, the musicians that were playing with the orchestra would also practice from time to time with the actual Nathaniel Ayres. And he could go sit in any rehearsal and watch them play, et cetera, et cetera. So he actually, he's very well known. And the people there, they like him. They've actually made friends with him. And when he comes in, they they really, they enjoy being with him. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. So there's a part in the film where they attend a rehearsal concert together. Now, one of the things I was, I thought, shame, Nathaniel, so in the film, you'll, you'll see Robert Downey Jr. invites Nathaniel Ayres to come to the theater, so to yeah, to come to the orchestra with him to actually attend a, an actual evening where the orchestra plays. But Nathaniel Ayers says that he, he, his response to him was, "There's people who have paid money to come and watch um, this orchestra, and they shouldn't sit next to someone like me because I'm hopeless. Uh, not hopeless, homeless. That's homeless." How way more depressing than it was. He's homeless, not hopeless. But literally he said he didn't want to go because he he just felt like people were paying money. He understood like almost the how prestigious that, you know, going to like the orchestra is. And for him, he as a homeless person didn't want to go there because he thought people are paying money for this and they shouldn't have to sit next to someone like me. So then what happened was they, they were able to organize that he goes and attended a rehearsal. 
So there, and he he did go. He actually went and attended the rehearsal. But in the film, you'll see that all the seats are covered with white canvas. So all of the seats yeah. in the theater are covered with white canvas. This is not cinematic imagery. So they didn't do this because it looked pretty on camera. That's not the reason they did this. This is actually done in some concert halls during rehearsals to reflect a more accurate sound as if the seats were being occupied. Oh, so they actually do it for sound reasons, right? Which is so pretty cool. I thought maybe they were putting the covers there so that, uh, you know, keep the seats clean and stuff like that. That's yeah. crazy. I would have never thought, hey, Sashi, I think we need to do that during sound check. Uh, <laughs> we need to be putting covers over the seats as well. Wow, that's yeah. that's interesting. Definitely. <laughs> so also in that part of the film, the orchestra plays. And can I just say the orchestra, it was beautiful. The music in this film, it's obviously all classical Beethoven. Yeah. It's all of that type of music. So if you're not much into classical music, then I don't know how much you'll like it. But I know for me as a musician, and I'm sure Ryan, you felt the same. You you just have a respect for, for that music because you understand how skilled you have to be as a musician to be yeah. able to play it so it was really i thoroughly enjoyed the music throughout the film but at the rehearsal what you what they do is that actually the orchestra performs beethoven and what happens is you the camera zooms in on jamie fox and then eventually it changes to nathaniel's imagination and his imaginations has colors associated with the sounds so as the, yeah, the music right. is playing, yes, literally you'll the, the it literally turned into basically like the screen was just a screen full of colors at that point that went with the music. And apparently this refers to a neurological phenomenon called synthesia, in which simulation of one sensory or cognitive cognitive pathway leads to automatic involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive cognitive pathway it is known to have affected many popular musicians painters and authors like stevie wonder van gogh and vladimir nabokov i don't know who that is i think he might be an author mm -hmm. but that i thought was quite interesting so that wasn't just a pretty part of the movie that actually is like they've associated the colors with the music etc etc and i thought that was because at that point, I was like, this is a very interesting take yeah. on, you know, the music well, and all of that. It was actually well done. Uh, just because oh. from the point that, I mean, I don't remember hearing him um, explain what he sees or what he, you know, no. when he plays music. And like, they brought it on. And I mean, it was on for quite a while. I mean, you actually just sat there and there were these colors like you know, flashing yes. on screen and stuff like that. I was just like, sure, this is, this is actually very good. I was even there. I was, I was even thinking to myself, <laughs> damn, how did they do this? Uh, it right. looks like they, they shone different colored lights um, sort of directly into the lens type of thing. And I mean, even with some of the timing, um, it, 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 it went with some of the timing. So it was, and even the colors that they used. So I'm sure, I mean, I don't know how many takes they had of that, but yeah, that was, yeah. that was very interesting. It was very interesting. This film is based on a movie. Uh, what did I just say? This okay. The film is based. This on movie a is movie. based on a movie. <laughs> no, it's based on a book. Yes. <laughs> so Steve Lopez, he was he was actually uh, he was a writer for the LA Times, and that's when 
when he came across Nathaniel Ayres, he then started writing about him. And that's how this whole story actually came about. But then Steve Lopez actually went on to write a book. And the writing of the book and also the selling of the film rights have helped pay Ayres' expenses and helped his sister, a mental health professional, set up a foundation for him. So the book and also uh, not the film sales, it's they sold the rights for the book to make the movie that all of those um, costs actually have helped Ayers, Nathaniel Ayers, and also his sister, who you do see in the film, and yeah. that they were able to set up a foundation for him. And this was crazy. Do you know that most of the homeless people shown in the film are actually are homeless? Actually homeless yeah. That is so, they actually said they hired, so in the film, there's this homeless shelter called Lamp. They hired a lot of the homeless people that take refuge there to be a part of the film, and so what you see in the film, a lot of it is actually, it's not extras and actors, it's actually homeless people, which I thought is so cool because you you give them a, do you understand what I'm saying? You like yeah. giving them a sense of purpose. And the in the interview I saw, they said hired, which for me makes, I do think they would have gotten paid out of they it, would which have, I think is yeah. I, yeah. I would have imagined that they would have um, given money to, you know, Definitely. LAMP, or yes. you know the, the actual um, homeless shelter for mm-hmm. you know to, just to support them in that, and obviously within yeah. that, maybe they would have you know for those people hanging outside there, there by the street, I would imagine they'd probably you know give them food every day because I mean when you get money out of a film, it, it's not just you know a couple hundred bucks or a couple no. thousand. It's probably a couple million, maybe even a million yeah. or two. You know, I mean you, you look at how much the the film spent um, being made. That that yeah. for me, oh, shame. But at least they yeah. gave, gave him a good an opportunity. And I mean, if you think about it, what's what's quite amazing about what you just said is that um, they would have obviously not. It, it would have been very difficult to direct every person on what, what they must yeah. do. So they probably, I would imagine, they would have said, "Okay, guys, you know, just be on the street, be homeless. Our actors are going to come through. Yeah, this is what they're going to do. Guys, don't, you know, just give them like a sort of." kind of boundary line not to step over yeah. but other than that i think i mean I, i'm sure afterwards i don't know do, do you think they would have like thrown them a big party or something or some sort of like you know all right guys we're having a big barbecue you know i don't know some sort i definitely of think so yeah. yeah i'm sure even like with the the premiere and that in fact i'm sure they did have yeah, they say several members of the NAM community, a housing and care center for the mentally ill, appeared in the film and attended the Los Angeles premiere and after party. You see? And Nathaniel is is a resident and beneficiary of LAMP. So that yeah. is yeah, that is yeah. really cool. I know that um in one of the interviews with with, with uh, Nathaniel's sister, what I was actually quite amazed with, was with was that uh, his sister actually said that you know um, he was always a person that was very neat, very tidy, very well groomed, yes. and um, obviously him going to New York to go to, to this uh, to the to the music school, seeing him coming back from New York, and he was like really rugged and really like oh. the, uh, not groomed anymore. He was wearing like a um, you know a, a very messy like top and you know sweater and that type of stuff. So it's actually quite amazing. You know, it actually makes me think because um, they say that obviously going to a school, this, the music school that he went to, you know, as gifted as he was, he would have gone to a, a very, like an excellent top quality school. They say yeah. that it, it was a very um, a cutthroat type of school. You know, it's that type of, 
you know, hey, do your best or else get out of here type of thing. And yeah. it makes me think that, you know, I wonder if it was maybe like a, that type of stress or him being overwhelmed or maybe him, I don't know, that, that, that maybe triggered, you know, something, you know, a schizophrenia within him. Because obviously in the beginning of the film, you see him, um, you, you get introduced to Nathaniel's, you know, uh, out in the streets, Nathaniel. And the first thing you think is someone who acts weird, you know, I oh know this guy's yeah. on drugs or, you know, no, he's like right. taking something that's really bad for him, but shame. But meanwhile, in actual fact, he had a mental illness. In fact, yeah. uh, for Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx didn't want, he, he was actually very, he was second guessing whether he wanted to actually play this role. And then um, I think it was the director who actually took him to the streets of LA because he said, no, no, you know, I've been down there. Those streets, there's like dangerous people there. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not a good idea. I'm not sure if I want to do this. But then when he actually went down there and he spoke to some of the homeless people, because like we mentioned earlier on, is that, um, you know, there's that shelter, which is uh, sort of like a home in that for homeless people who, ha- who, are, who do have a, a mental illness. And then he, he spoke to a woman. He had a conversation with one of the, the women there, uh, you know, as in one of the homeless women. And she explained her story. And he was just like very, very um, like shocked by it. He, he was very, he got very emotional about the fact of these people's lives and how they're living. Because what the woman said was that, you know, she got concerned with her mental illness when she looked at her children and she didn't even know who they were. Yeah. And immediately she called her sister and said, please come fetch, come fetch the kids from me because there's something wrong. And that apparently really, really grabbed Jamie Foxx. And um, he was then, okay, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I thought that Jamie Foxx did a brilliant job. I mean, if you, if, if you actually see the videos of um, Nathaniel and uh, there's this like softness in the way that he talks and all that. And then you see Jamie Foxx and the way that he had been dressed, the way that he looks in this film, you're just like, wow, sure. Very, very well done. I mean, I was even thinking to myself, wait, this is Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. And I'm looking at this guy, even the way that his hair was done. I mean, Jamie Foxx, you don't usually notice the freckles on his nose and on his face. No. But in this movie, like, you actually see it. So, yeah, that's that was really No, cool. he did a brilliant job. He really did. He got he, he got the performance so close to the actual, the actual Nathaniel is. It's actually amazing. Yeah. He did a, he did a really good job. In the film, Steve Lopez, who's played by Robert Downey Jr., is portrayed as divorced. However, his real-life counterpart actually remains happily married, so he wasn't divorced. And Lopez, the actual Lopez, said, while having himself portrayed as recently single in the film was a bit weird, it was much more important to him that the film makes filmmakers captured the themes of his articles rather than the absolute fact. So he actually didn't want... When the filmmakers approached the two of them and said, we want to add some fictional elements, for example, like Steve Lopez was divorced, they were actually happy with that because they, they didn't want it to be too close to home and they were happy for the filmmakers to to do what they wanted to do with it. Oh, also, yeah. this is the second time Robert Downey Jr. has portrayed a real-life pr- reporter. He previously portrayed San Francisco, go uh, chronicle reports of paul avery in the film zodiac which is 2007 on the zodiac killer that film was so long i watched that movie oh my goodness i'm sure that movie was like three hours long you know and we didn't expect it so literally we put it on and you know when three hours later you're sitting there falling asleep that literally was what was happening (laughs) so this film 
the soloist is a lot lighter. Also, it, it, the soloist has a way better ending than the the Zodiac. But yeah. yeah. I thought this was also cool. So despite his distrust of two-dimensional images, Nathaniel Ayres did attend the premiere of the, of the film in La- in Los Angeles with his family who flew in for the occasion. He really he really watches um, movies or television, but he did actually go to the premiere of The Soloist and watched it, which I thought was was pretty cool. Uh, that's yeah, that's 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 very very nice. And then as of April 2009, Nathaniel is apparently has a girlfriend and do, is doing reasonable, reasonably well. That was according to Steve Lopez in 2009. And he also taught himself to play the flute. Who? Um, uh, Nathaniel is. Oh, oh, the flute as well. Yeah. Because um, um, obviously, as we see in the movie, uh, once... Well, something that they didn't really show in this movie was that obviously after um, um, Mr. Lopez uh, wrote a column about Nathaniel, a lot of people had donated a lot of instruments. Obviously, the movie, we see a double bass coming through, but you know that a lot of people actually donated um, instruments like and, and that's obviously how, how he taught to to teach. Well, how he taught himself how to play like the trumpet. Um, but one of the instruments that people donated was even a piano. <laughs> a, wow. a, a whole piano was donated to him, obviously included with strings that he needed, sheet music and a whole lot of other instruments. And um, what was quite amazing is that he used that to teach himself music. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a very, very good film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And one of the, I think one of the things that stood out for me most about this film is the relationship that they just portray between Steve Lopez and Nathaniel Ayres. And even in interviews, you you hear them say this, but they really brought it out in the film that they both needed each other. It wasn't that Nathaniel Ayres was homeless and so he needed Steve Lopez. Steve Lopez actually says he needed Nathaniel Ayres as much as Nathaniel is needed him because it was kind of like the 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 whole commitment thing which they brought across in the film. It, yeah. Like for me, I got that he he taught him how to you know stick through relationships and be patient with people. That's and true. I loved at the end of the film how it said that uh, for a lot of people, mental illnesses can be cured just by good relationships. So just by yes. having someone there that that actually it's proven that it's helped people with mental illness which i thought was amazing and so encouraging so for me this film is really good also one of the things robert downey jr said is um you know films are entertainment yes but the 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 genre of drama drama films are often one of or often the best movies to watch just because they show you real life situations. It's not this fictional, you know, like superheroes or, you know, this guy almost died and then he didn't or whatever. It's yeah. it's often true life. It's real, real life. And I think a lot of dramas, obviously there's the ones that end sad and I'm not talking about those ones, but like this film, they actually just like give hope. I think they, they almost spread like a message of hope, which is, I think nice because there's so much junk, if I can put it like that, being spread in the news and in the tabloids and all of that. Whereas when you get films coming out like this, it's actually, I think it just encourages people and it goes beyond just entertaining. It actually goes to, you know, let's tell stories um, that will inspire people to also, you know, reach out to someone in their world or, you know, 
be patient with relationships or it's just encouraging and inspiring. So I really enjoyed the film and I, I enjoy these type of this, the genre of film, if I can put it like that. And yeah. I think we need more movies like this because they just, they, they're good. I think they're good for, for, for everyone and people should watch them for that reason. Yeah, definitely agree. So that was The Soloist. It's a very good film. Go watch it. But this has been the movie show right here on Active FM. With your favorite hosts. Yes, Ryan and Sash. And yes, there's we are the ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you just refer to us as those those people? Yes, those, those people. people. Ah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> We will be back again next week with another awesome film review. But until then, keep watching movies uh-huh. and go watch The Soloist. Yes. Yeah. So this is us signing out. Until, until next week. Cheerio. Exactly. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gab and Twitter at ActiveFM. Instagram at ActiveFM777 and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.